Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Jake McGee. How are we doing today, Jake? Yep, happy to be here, buddy. Another week, another few preseason games under our belt, and we're, we're edging closer. Certainly, yeah. We've ended week one of preseason. Uh, obviously, you know, the games themselves. Uh, we've already spoken about this. It's a chance to see your second and third stringers. Gives the coaches an idea of what they're looking at. Obviously, you've got players who might end up in the practice squad. You're going to have players getting cut, players getting signed. So there's lots of things to to talk about. But the games themselves generally don't garner too much interest in the way of them. I, I did watch the entirety um, of the Broncos-Cowboys game, um, but it was... Sort of, sort of in the background. I wasn't really paying attention to everything that was going on, so um, I think I missed the the first touchdown pass. I had to uh, skip back a few seconds to rewatch that. Um, but other than that, I mean, did you watch the the Saints uh, preseason game at all? Did you just catch highlights, or did you just not bother? I just caught hi- overall highlights, and I'm quite glad because the Saints, with 30 seconds left, left a guy wide open in the red zone. So I'm hoping anyone that was covering him doesn't make the team because it uh watching jeff driscoll just you know march uh, texans down the field is not what i was uh signing up for <laughs> well the thing is you want those mistakes to be made in pre-season i mean i mean that's where you want them because um you know as they say you learn more from your losses than you do from your victories and let's not forget that the i'm going to get the year wrong 2006 detroit lions 2008 Detroit Lions went 4-0 and in the preseason and then 0-16 in the regular season. So I'm just, just saying, preseason results don't really mean get, get those mistakes out of the way. Get them out of the way quick so that um, coaches can see that and that you've got plenty of film to study as to what you should not do as opposed to what you do do. Um, you, you mean the Bears beating the Chiefs isn't going to happen in the season? I'm, I'm not convinced it would. I'm oh. not convinced. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. <laughs> not much stranger. But um, we'll give you a quick rundown of uh, some of the scores from preseason week one. So we had the Giants uh, beating the New England Patriots 23-21. The Ravens knocked off the Titans 23-10. The Falcons beat the Lions 27-23. The Browns beat the Jaguars 24-13. Cardinals beat the Bengals 36-23. Um, Jets over the Eagles 24-21. The Niners beat the Packers 28-21. Panthers 23-21 over the Washington Commanders. The Bears, aforementioned Bears, 19-14 winners against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills 27-24 over the Colts. The Steelers, uh, a bit of a shootout there with the Seahawks, 32-25. Dolphins edged at the Bucks in a close one there, 26-24. The Saints, unfortunately, Jake, sorry, lost to the Texans, 17-13. Uh, Broncos won 17-7 against the Cowboys. Rams, 29-22 against the Chargers. And then the uh, Las Vegas Raiders won 26-20 against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, as we've already said, the games themselves weren't up to much, but there was a few points from those games. There was uh, certain players to, that people haven't seen to keep an eye on. Of course, unfortunately, there were a couple of injuries as well. So it's probably, unless you've got something specific you want to add, exactly about preseason. why don't we just take it on to the news Jake because I'm sure you can fit um, all those points in from there yeah we can certainly talk about the news I mean 
I'm sure the boys, the, the NFL Scotland uh, boys that we, we like uh, will kick us if we don't mention that the Scottish-born kicker, Graham Gano hit a walk-off field goal for the Giants. He and didn't just there's, there's something about the Giants beating the Patriots, even if it's the preseason, <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> it is it funny. Because <laughs> Bill Belichick, it might be preseason, but Bill Belichick probably had sleepless night being like, what, what is it about the Giants? I know that that'll be exactly what it is. He's just he's sitting there going, ah, "I hate this team. I hate <laughs> this team. I used to love this team. I hate them." <laughs> hey, that's a good point. Maybe, and I'm just saying, maybe he still has a really deep affinity for <laughs> the New York Giants. I mean, that's where he got a start under you know the 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 great Bill Parcells. That's where he got his start. That's where he made his name as a defensive coordinator. So it also explain his very short stint as Jets. You know? Of course. Yes. I mean, he this was only the, it was like sense. one day, wasn't it? Was he not the head coach for a day? Yeah, and resigned on like a napkin. He, <laughs> so he did. Bill Belichick handed in his, re, his resignation note on a napkin. Um, I mean, my goodness, it, it doesn't get much worse or better, you know, depending on where you look at it from, uh, than that. Absolutely brilliant. So, I think we're on to something here, Jake. I, I think just like the Lamar Jackson thing, we, we again have broken of course. a story here. Um, we are, this is what people tune into. Yes, I mean, you know, obviously they tune in for the hard truths and, you know, it's just they, they want to listen to a thing and they get that thing without any meandering, which we try and do. We always stay on track. We stay on track, focused. Um, and of course, we break open the conspiracies you didn't even know existed. Exactly. So, there you I go. I expect, you know, like when Bill Belichick retires, there'll probably be a documentary and there'll be like a groundbreaking. He was actually a, a Giants undercover operative and we'll be like, well, you heard it here first. Yeah, I'm like um, eight years too late, guys. <laughs> Come on. But one of the, uh, do you know what? I'm sure Bill Belichick probably listens to the podcast. So he's probably... I going, generally, oh. If anyone would, of all the people we've joked about, he probably would. He, that, <laughs> that man loves football. <laughs> he did, well, he, he probably does more prep than anyone else. So he's probably listening to every single podcast and watching every single video, you know, to, trying to find out that the slightest bit of information about his upcoming opponents. And he's probably sitting there and he's like, oh, they're onto me. They're, <laughs> I've been rumbled. That's what he's going to come right out now. with a very anti-Giants propaganda tomorrow to kind of smooth it over and be like, okay, yeah. I think I've saved my image. But seeing as we're talking about the Patriots, we'll start with James White, the mm -hmm. running back who has retired, I believe it was eight seasons. I mean, robbed of Super Bowl MVP um, in the massive comeback against the, the Falcons. I believe he had three touchdowns. Oh, he, oh, he literally uh, carried the team. Yes. He, he carried yeah, the, the last play. Um, uh, the the only I mean, you could argue you would give it to um, I'm going to say Julian Edelman was it Julian Edelman just for that one insane catch? You know the one, that yes, ridiculous. Yes. I mean, I, you could sort of understand someone saying, well, if it hadn't been for that, the comeback would never have happened. That's very true. But if it hadn't been for James White, they would definitely have not won that Super Bowl. So um, yeah, he was robbed. You're absolutely right there, pal. So that would have been nice. But he's one of those players that, is he going to ever be in the Hall of Fame? No. Is he going to be in the Patriots Ring of Honor? I would assume so. Like, I think he's a, 
he's just been there, like I say, I think that's eight seasons, been a steady player and then turned up in, in the big moments. So yeah. I'd be sad for for the Patriots to see him go, but I believe that was the only retirement or notable retirement. Very sorry if I've I've missed one. There was breaking news just a couple of hours ago though, on a, a big extension and it was one of these holdings that we've been speaking about over the last couple of weeks. It was yeah. Derwin James, the safety for the Chargers. Uh, I believe it was four years, 76.532 million. Very precise extension, um, which is 85.58 million in total over the five years. Makes him the highest paid safety in history. And I saw, I saw this little nugget that the Chargers are currently utilizing the rookie quarterback that we've spoken about before very, very well because they have four defensive players making $15 million per year or more under contract for at least the next three seasons. So they really are maximizing having Justin Herbert on that uh, low contract. Oh, and quite right. I mean, Darren James is one of the best guys in the game. I mean, you could make the argument he's the best safety in, in the entire league. Not many people would argue with you. Um, I just want to see him stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yes. What was the number on that contract? Uh, how, how much was it for? <laughs> it was announced as four years, 76.532 million. I wondered who's making 76.531. <laughs> like, you know someone really? is. You know? I mean, at, at what point in negotiations does it get to that figure? They were like, you know, we'll give you 76. Nah. 76.5? Nah. Getting close. 76.53? Nah. <laughs> we'll give you an extra two, Dan. Okay, I'm in. You think, how, how does he get to that precise? That's so precise. That must have been it's, worked out on like a game-by-game game basis or something for that to be to the nearest, what, $1,000? Uh, yep. <laughs> I mean... Come on, Derwin. Or Derwin's agent, whoever is sorting that out. He might be his own agent. I don't know. Fighting for every dime. You've got to love it. Ah, yeah. Quite right. As as we all know, um, uh, NFL careers can be cut short at a moment's notice. Uh, Just, you know, one injury or just, you know, even a few bad games. Uh, Maybe not with someone like Derwin James, but a lot of these guys, they're only three or four bad performances from being cut. Or sometimes one, one bad performance, boom, you're out. So, uh, especially in preseason. So, uh, yeah, good for him. Get get the money while you can, pal. Yeah. Now, maybe fortunate or, you know, winning um, with injuries. You hate to see injuries. We, we spoke about Mackay Becton last week. Well, someone profiting from it was Dwayne Brown. To me, it was a surprise not not that they signed him, because I think it's very smart and seemed very obvious to sign him, but a two-year, $22 million, uh deal. The, the most surprising thing to me is two years, because from what they've been saying, obviously they're expecting, you know, Beckton will be out this year, but he'll be back next year, and they're still going to give him a chance, and they still love him. And mm-hmm. just, I think Dwayne Brown's like 36, 37 maybe. I mean, maybe that was his, like his thing. He said, I'll sign for you, but only if you give me a two-year contract, which... Fair enough, but the two years to me just surprised me. I thought it was definitely going to be a one-year deal, but I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Move him left tackle, move uh, George Fant, who was playing left tackle, over to right tackle, and, and you know, not to kick Mackay while he's down, but it might even be an upgrade over what they already had. So it's, you know, certainly not a downgrade anyway. 
No, uh, not a downgrade. It's a um, it's a good move. I, I see what you mean about the the two years, uh, but you know it's it's a decent signing for them to to have that that contract in in place there. I don't think it's too much money for the position. No, um, because it's such a valuable position. We I don't know how many times we've said that. It's one of the, the most valuable positions on the entire offense. Uh, so yeah, I, I think. Uh, He'll be quite happy with that, and I think the team will be quite happy with that. I don't think it's—I don't think it's too much for the team, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's like too cheap for the player. No, like I said, I, I agree with what you're saying there. You know, value-wise, it's great. Just a just a two years is all that surprised me. And what will surprise Dwayne Brown, or it might be new to him, is is who's he actually blocking for? Because Zach Wilson went down with a bone bruise on his knee. He did, uh, has yes. to have surgery, but they're optimistic he'll be back early in the season, maybe even week one. But to be honest, at this point, nobody really knows. It's kind of a guessing game. How, at what point? When did we reach the stage in medical <laughs> technology? I don't know what you want to call it. Advancements that someone can have surgery and then be ready to play a physical sport three weeks later. That That's insane. It, it, yeah, I mean, not even that long ago, an ACL injury was career over. Oh, uh, Adrian uh, yes. Peterson was pretty much the first player that everyone's like ACL had a you know what a you know promising career had you know great runner that's a real shame and then came back and obviously two seasons like just ripped it apart and everyone's mm-hmm. like oh my god you can play with after you've torn ACL yeah and now it's one of those things where every year it's like. Oh, see you next year. See you next, you know. Yeah. <laughs> almost keep an ACL counter at this point. Yeah, no, it really is. It's like, oh, he's he's he's, uh, he's torn his ACL. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, him out for the year then. Whereas, it, not even. I mean, what? When was Adrian Peterson? 2011? 2010? sounds about right. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, and then, of course, obviously he missed a, a full year and then came back, I think, in, tw- in fact, did he not come back the same year as Peyton Manning came back from his? That would have been 2012. I think so. I I, think I'm so. pretty sure it was 2011 he went down. Yeah. Um, so they came back and just, as you say, it looked incredible. Uh, so it, it just goes to show you that, yeah, medical advancements, my goodness. We're living in the future, Jake. Came, came back to be an MVP in 2013. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, like I say. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some, sometimes... You think how how it just blows my mind just to even think about it. Like I say, when you go really far back, it makes a lot of sense because you know medical, you know, medicine's come a long way. But that was like a decade ago, and it's like I look how far we've come in a decade where yeah. this injury now people go, that's a shame. <laughs> back in the day, people would have been crying, been like, oh my god, career over, life over, and I was just like, ah, he'll be back next year, better. But somehow, like OBJ came back better and it doesn't make any sense but i'm glad it doesn't make any sense oh, definitely i think about if if you could still couldn't come back from that how many players careers would be over just in the just in the past what feels like what five years it just seems like every uh, either pre-season or off-season or early in the season another half dozen players are going down with acl or mcl injuries and it's just, it, it's tragic when that happens. Well, sadly, there was another one this week that I saw a second-year cornerback, Trill Williams, from the Dolphins, tore his ACL. He was um, getting a bit of buzz and a bit of hype around him, was pushing to be kind of their like third, you know, 
quarterback, uh, cornerback at and be in the mix. And that's the ones to me that hurt the most. You know, if you have, when Duran James went down and it was like, you know, it sucks, but he'll be back. He'll still be a star. You know, we know what to expect from when you see kind of an up and coming guy who's like fighting for reps and having a great preseason. You think, oh, my, is he going to make the team? When they go down, you're like, that, that honestly could, you know, he could have come back from his ACL. There's no saying he's going to get another chance. I mean, I'm sure yeah. he will. Um, and I hope, and I hope he does. But they're the ones that hurt the most for me when when you've got kind of a promising guy who's not established, and and then they get injured. That's that's a kick in the teeth. Now I don't know if you want to talk. There's, well, I suppose there was a uh, the Browns had a, a rough week in terms of <laughs> their starting center Nick Harris was ruled out for uh, the season with a knee injury. Yes. Uh, okay, right. Apologies for laughing there. I'm certainly not laughing at someone getting uh, injured being out for the season. No, just the Browns. Just the Browns the, in general. Yeah. Just the Browns. But yeah, Nick Harris was ruled out for the season. So then his backup, Dawson Deaton, came in and tore his ACL. So they lost their starting center, their backup center. And my question is what has JC Tretter got to do to get a call? I mean, the former Browns center from last year, it was like a top 10 by PFF. Mm-hmm. And and then I saw this week that the Browns uh, guard, Joel Batonio, came out and says he thinks that Tretter might not be getting signed uh, because he's on the NFL uh, uh, NFL PA and he's got a very you know, heavy stance on player safety uh, and you know outspoken and that can kind of be putting teams off, but Especially if you're the Browns, you've just lost your starter center and then your backup center, and you've got someone who knows the team, knows the system, was there last year. Like, uh, well, I'm wondering how much of that. Um, maybe he was best buds with the quarterback they had last year. It's very possible. It's it's got to be it, because you're right. That makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, why why would you not immediately grab that guy? He's literally sitting there. You come in here. Now, some of it I might say it's it's sorry, Jake. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Some, no, no. some, some of it might say it's um, hubris. They, they they don't want to. They're, they're like, oh, we we don't need him. You know, we we go rid of him. We don't want to. And and they're like, oh, we don't. Um, we're not going back to him. It'll look bad if we go back to a player that we got rid of. And that, but yeah, I think it's. I think he was probably pals with Baker Mayfield and didn't like it. And uh, that's probably why. <laughs> you know, he'll probably get picked up by the Panthers. It's, uh, I mean, I think I think we've cracked open another one, Jake. I'm I'm pretty convinced quite, that this is the possibly. reason. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I think no, like a lot of in real life at the moment, not that American football is not real life, but in in you know outside of football, a lot of talks going on with unions at the moment, and you know in a union, not in a union, go on strike, not on strike. Maybe this is leaking over to the NFL, and they're looking at JC Tretter on the, the NFLPA going more trouble than he's worth but i'm surprised the browns haven't picked him up i was surprised that the books didn't give him a call um when of their course, center yes. went down yeah. i just he was one of the ones when we were doing the free agency and i was like oh you know he was on the top 101 he'll get picked up he's you know still got gas in the tank and he's, he's still there it's going to be really interesting to see um who picks him up i, I can't or if, uh, if he gets picked up at this point. you'd think so because surely he would sign for a team even if it's just to be the backup You'd, th- like you'd think, you'd, yeah, you'd think he'd rather do that than not play. Do you know? Maybe not. Maybe he's, maybe he's had three offers from teams. He's like, I don't want to be a backup. I want to be a starter. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Um, 
but but if the if it is the case that he would play as a backup, sure, <laughs> you'd take someone who was ranked in the sort of what did you say, top ten? I I don't know for sure. Let me have a look. But definitely Trace the top, each. definitely the top what fifty percent in the league. You know, it's not like he was the worst centre in the NFL. It's not someone that you're like, oh, we can't take a chance on this guy. He's awful. So I, I just don't. That, once again, I don't know how many times I say this in every episode. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe it's a running theme. I'm starting to think maybe I'm podcasting on the wrong thing because the more the more I the more we do this show, and the more we I read stuff and I hear stuff and I watch stuff, the more I think I'm missing something because some of these decisions made by these these teams, these general managers, these coaches, players sometimes, and I and I just sit there and think, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And there has to be a reason they're doing it. I'm pretty sure that I'm not, you know, this all all knowing being sitting on high, you know, just mocking everyone else because they haven't got a clue and I know everything. I, I'm fairly sure that's not the case. I could be wrong, but I'm fairly sure that's not the case. So maybe you know, maybe I'm missing something. It is possible, Jake. I mean, what do you think? Do you do you? I mean, you must be the same as me. I'm sure everyone is the same when you just you you watch your team, not necessarily your team, watching you know a game or something, and you see a coaching decision or a personnel decision, and you think, where are you coming from with that? You know, everybody can knows that you should be doing this and not this, except you. Do you feel that at all? I got all the time. You know, sometimes hindsight's twenty twenty. Sometimes, kind of being out of the situation, like you say, something seems so simple and so obvious that it kind of blows your mind that they can't see the same thing. Especially when they're paid an awful lot of money to make that decision. You're thinking that was never going to work, and now it hasn't worked. You're going, yep, that was never going to work. And we're like, we told you that wasn't going to work. You know, <laughs> and I don't. You don't pay me to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could sort of get it from years gone by when coaches were standing on the sidelines and the coordinators were standing on the sidelines and they don't have the view that we have, you know, the, the, the bird's eye view. They've got that. These coordinators, you see these coordinators, they're always, particularly the offensive coordinators, they're always up in the box. They're always looking down. The defensive coordinators tend to like to be at ground level, <laughs> I've noticed. Not all the time, but they, they seem to tend to be. The offensive coordinators are way up in the box, then they're watching everything. They've got instant replays and all the angles. They're, they're doing all this stuff. And sometimes, you know, they're calling play. I mean, I'm just... I, I don't want to go back to the, the you know, last year, the last, you know, the Denver Broncos, but I'm going to. So just bear with me for a second, and, and I apologise if it sounds like, I, like I'm ranting here, but... I mean, I don't know how many times in the past year or so where Pat Shermer's offense, and I, I, you've heard me speak at length about Pat Shermer, just the worst offensive coordinator. But I don't know how many times, as I've already said, your team's in third and eight and you drop a play that goes for five yards. And you're thinking, wh where's the, the, the logic? Where's the thought process? Now, you could forgive that if it happened once. You could even forgive it if it happened twice because it happened, you know, nine weeks later and he forgot that he did it the first time. But when it, this is happening three or four times a game, 
you, you know that's it's it's unforgivable. I mean, we look at the 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 Giants' offensive coordinator from last year, whose name I have forgotten, and I have forgotten. It's not Joe Judge, was it? Who was it? Was it? it was the I'm, 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 whoever it was, I forget. Um, is that Justin Garrett? Was it? Was it Garrett calling the quarterback I'm sneak? I'm on, pretty sure he was the offensive coordinator. He, he could have been. We we can check that. Um, but the, whoever it was. They called a quarterback sneak on third and 11 from your own two-yard line. That does uh, sound like Jason Garrett. And and you're just thinking, I mean, every fan in the stadium, you could hear them, and you guarantee every fan watching on television, you know, the Giants fan, just booing, howling at this insane decision to do what you've done. You think... This guy, and I'm pretty sure that the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants is a pretty well-paying position. Especially when it was Jason Garrett, who was a former head coach. He's not going to go there and, and take, you know, 32nd in the league, you know, coordinator money. No, he's certainly not. So it, it was Jason Garrett. It was Jason Garrett. There you well, go. Yeah, keyword was he's uh, surprisingly no longer there. Oh, no wonder. That was just the the... That might have been the worst single play call I have seen in my entire life. It might it might be just because the fact that it was it's not even that it was a give up play. Because a give up play is rolling your quarterback out of the pocket and if there's nothing there, throw it out of bounds. That's a give up. You're like, there you go, give up. Or even a, just you know, a run up the middle. You're just trying to gain three or four yards so that you can get, you know, your punter out of the end zone. It's a give-up play. This was a quarterback sneak. And it wasn't like a quarterback draw. It was It was like, you're only going to get a yard or maybe two on this play. You're not even going to get beyond your five-yard line to give your punter the full the full 15 yards. It's, what are you doing? It's the stupidest thing of all time. So when you look at some of these decisions and you're thinking, my God, where are you coming from with these decisions? And as you said, Jake, getting very well paid. Some of them. Extremely well. I've forgotten why we got onto this. I've got no idea. But I think we're just talk the one that kind of springs to mind to me, because we're talking about, you know, decisions and how they can get them so wrong. Ah yes. Is with challenges. Because now, like you say, everyone's up in the box, they've got tablets, they you know, it's not like the old days where they're they're phoning down on this like old you know, dialing them in. There's constant feedback, and someone is watching this replay and going, "Coach, he caught the ball, challenge it." And you're you're watching it going, "The the ball's on the ground." You know, yeah. you you take one yeah. look, and you can tell that it you know it was a catch, it wasn't a catch. You know, he was out of bounds, he wasn't out of bounds, and then they challenge it, and you're thinking, "What well, did I, you see? I, exactly, whose decision was that?" No, that was a, that was the thing that, that that Vic Fangio got wrong all the time was was challenge. He would throw, he would lose every single challenge. And he would get, you know, um, he'd, he'd get a, a berating, shall we say, from the fans and the media for his challenges. But he's not the one up in the booth. Someone is telling him to challenge these. You know, oh, that looks like it might have been an interception. So, but the, the, the referees have ruled incomplete. And then they immediately show you the replay and the ball's incomplete. And you're like, oh, well, you know, it's definitely incomplete. And then like... 10 seconds later, oh, done because the challenge flags are challenging it. Yeah, why? It was clear. It's clearly incomplete. 
Why are you challenging this? And then, of course, it's the head coach who throws the flag. He's the one throwing the, the red flag. He's the one that everyone's saying, oh, Fangio was challenging this decision. But someone must be telling him. Surely he's not just standing there on the sidelines, not listening to anyone, and just thinking, I wonder if that was incomplete. I've got to win one by, you know, eventually. Yeah, I'm going to keep just challenging. You know, what, what, once a half, is it? You get another challenge if you win it. So maximum of four in a game. And he just kept challenging. He lost every, what, what felt like every single one. And you're thinking, who is telling him to challenge these? There must be guys. You know, the, 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 the Walmart guy who just bought the Broncos, right? Walton, Rob Walton, whatever his name is. Um, I bet you he knows where to cut corners when staff aren't doing their job properly. I'm, I'm pretty sure he does. So yeah, if I, if I was you, and if you're listening, Rob, and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, sponsor us. That'd be nice. Could do with that. Secondly, trim some of the fat away. Find out whoever is was doing the decisions for the challenges last year. And if he's still in the building, get him out. Because it doesn't matter. You could have Bill Walsh coaching Peyton Manning. Right? If that guy is telling Bill Walsh when to challenge, <laughs> your team's not winning. Right? It doesn't matter. So I'm just saying. Um, anyway, dumb decisions, Jake. Yeah, yes, you're absolutely right there. Yes, hindsight is always it's always twenty twenty. Once again, we're, we're staying focused. Oh, always, <laughs> always on track. Now, now, something that does make a bit of sense um, would be your Broncos signing Joe Schobert, uh, the former Browns and Steelers linebacker. Makes sense to me. I, I assume it would make sense to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Happily, I'm in the building. Well, we've Baron Baron Browning, our second year linebacker, looks like he's moved position. I think he was sort of stuck uh, in in the interior. I, I forget what they actually call it. Is it the Sam, the Sam position or whatever on the interior? Uh, because of the the double injuries they had last year, where both um, AJ Johnson and Josie Jewell both tore pectoral muscles both out for the season. Bannon Browning, Browning was moved inside and he played well. But what it looks like uh, Nathaniel Hackett's done or or the, the defence coordinator, I should say, is now moved him to the outside and he looks immense in practice and in pre-season, you know, even just one week. He looks really good. And it has sort of opened up. We think uh, Josie Joe's coming back from injury. I'm not sure if they've re-signed AJ Johnson. Alexander Johnson. I need to. I need to look into that because I'm not sure if they have, or if he's still a free agent, or if he's maybe gone somewhere else. Um, but that would open it. And and Schobert, a, a great player, great player. Happily have him. Absolutely. There was a couple of other signings. So that one to the, to the Broncos. Uh, Danny Shelton, the, the defensive tackle, signed for the Chiefs. And then Carl Nassib, or Nassib, um, the, the former edge from the Raiders, uh, signed a one-year deal with the Bucks. So a couple of veterans, um, you know, swapping teams, going to, you know, competitive teams, which is good for, for you know, Schobert, Shelton and, and Nassib. They've all gone to uh, teams who are expecting to uh, be playing into the, to, to the new year. So it's definitely the best part, I would say, about, you know, free agency, you want to be, you know, going early, getting all the money. But at this time of the year, it's not always bad because you tend to have kind of the pick of the, the teams and there's certainly worse teams to be going to. Oh, definitely. Uh, you want you do want that, don't you? Especially if you've been in the league for a while. 
you want a chance to have a rink, you know. Even if you like, you know, I'm not expecting Danny Shelton to play, you know, eighty percent of snaps, but he don't care. If he plays twenty percent of the snaps and the Chiefs, you know, win a Super Bowl ring. He's gonna happily take that Super Bowl ring. And quite right. So he should. Yeah, get the chance, get that ring. If you've had, um, you, you do see some players, you know, they've got like longevity, been in the league for years and years and never had a sniff. You know, never had a sniff. It, it, that's got to hurt. Even the guys who oh, get, so. even the guys with the Hall of Fame careers. Those guys with Hall of Fame who never, never came close to a Super Bowl. So, you know, I don't know, you know, we've talked about it before with you know, guys like Barry Sanders. Never, like he came to, he went to one NFC Championship game and got obliterated. Um, and and um, Warren Moon and guys like that, never, Dan Fouts, never went to a Super Bowl. So if you've been in the league a while, you get a chance to go to a team that's been competing, go for it. Because we know at this point, we know you're not chasing the money. You're already loaded. You don't need the money. You're, you're trying to get the ring. And and so they shoot. It's the pinnacle of the sport. Even you know more recently, everyone loved Joe Thomas, the, the left tackle for to the Browns, because no matter how terrible the Browns were, and they were terrible when he played for them, everyone still you know he was still always graded really well. Yeah, you, you know there was no disputing that he was fantastic. But and you know his loyalty as well, staying with the team. So multiple you know, pro, I've, I've countless Pro Bowls, countless. So those are the kind of players you root for. And like you say, even like we say last year, we've spoken about it a few times on the podcast. You know, you see Von Miller and, and OBJ go into to the Rams, and it makes perfect sense for both teams. You get a veteran player who's not going to demand ridiculously, you know, ridiculous money for half a year or one year. They get a chance to go for a ring. You get great depth, and you know, a, a game changer. You know, you don't need, you know, the Rams prove. You know, that you don't need Von Miller to get a sack every day, you know, every play. But yeah. you'd love to have Von Miller in a Super Bowl because he's going to do something. You know he's going to do something. And even if he doesn't, the other team has to, you know, plan for him. So those kind of deals you kind of get now uh, and we'll get, you know, rest of training camp, rest of the preseason, even into the season, you'll see um, these kind of deals. And, you know, OBJ coming back from his injury later on in the season, yeah. I'm sure he'll get picked up by whoever is, you know, in contention. He's got the pick of, you know, it's not like he's having to phone them. Be like, oh, by the way, I'm back from injury. There'll be many, many teams keeping an eye on OBG. Going, listen, we're, we're eight and two. We're you know riding great. We want you on the team. And you know, if he believes in them and he's optimistic with them, why wouldn't he sign with them? Because chase those rings. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Good for them. Good for you. Get, it, get it done. Get it done. Nice one. Now we did have a trade. It was not a blockbuster trade, I will say that. It's oh, probably okay. <laughs> two people who were going to get cut, and instead the teams went, well, you need this kind of player, we need this kind of player, should we just trade? Um, the Eagles get Ugo Amadi, um, a cornerback from the Seahawks, and in return the Seahawks get JJ Arcedo Whiteside. Um, so, not groundbreaking, two players that probably would have been cut um, you know, if they stayed on their respectable teams. Um, but you know, get a chance to to latch on with a different team. Be interesting to see if they they both make the cuts. Um, the teams are now down to eighty five. Next week on the twenty third, they go down to eighty. 
And then dramatically the week after on the 30th, they go back down to our, our usual 53. Yeah, so, <laughs> I think that's what's known as going off a cliff, isn't it? Yeah, don't, don't get your hopes. You know, if you're still on the team next week, you're like, okay, I've made it to the top eight. Don't get your hopes up too much because that last week is brutal. That's That's got to be hard on some of these players. It is. Now, now there's some notable cuts already. The, the Chiefs who traded for Lonnie Johnson, I believe it was like a seventh rounder, but he was only a second round pick by the Texans not that long ago. Mm-hmm. They cut him. Um, seems to be in good faith. They cut him early so that he's got a chance to, to you know join up with another team sooner rather than later. He's already been claimed by the Titans. Um, Demarcus Robinson uh, was cut by the Raiders. Robert Encomdiji, who we spoke about, has already been cut by the 49ers. And to set the record straight on, on a previous episode when we were talking about the Jags kicker situation, it turns out, Neil, so next time we are at the pub, I owe you a pint. Because oh. Elliot Fry has been cut. Wow. Well, hang on. That doesn't mean that... What was the other guy's name? San- Santoso? Santoso. That doesn't mean that he's got the job. No, but I would say by the, the, my guy fell first. Your guy did fall saying. first, so so you so, owe me a pint. Is that right? So next time we go to the pub, I believe your first pint will be on me. That's and I, I, I now wrote, uh, rooting for Santoso to uh, at least make the team, you know? Oh, since, yeah. If he since doesn't my make, guy hasn't. If he doesn't make the team now, that's just wrong. He's got to. He's got to. <laughs> Still... Um, good for you, Santoso. Sorry about that, Fry. Yeah, Elliot Ho- Fry. Hopefully someone else will pick you up. Hopefully someone else. It was, yeah, one of those. I, when I saw that on Twitter, most people would have gl- glossed over it and not thought twice, but I was like, I swear that. Like, I knew, I was like, which one did I pick, Santoso <laughs> or, or Fry? Then I went back and listened to the episode. I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> but uh, I'm a man, man of my word, so I, I will report my, my failures as well well i appreciate that jake i do and i look forward to that point quite right now i don't know if you have looked into or want to talk about the nfl itv deal ah right i've i've not looked into it but i saw it and i don't like it and the reason i don't like it is because now don't get me wrong I love O.C. and Jason. Uh, O.C. Human Yura, Jason Bell, fantastic. I think that they've got really good chemistry. Um, I don't know who the anchor person is going to be on ITV. I'm sure someone mentioned it, but I, I've, I've forgotten who it was, so apologies there. Um, but what I'm really annoyed about is um, the Super Bowl, if the Super Bowl's not on BBC, then I have no option, none whatsoever, but to sit through adverts during the Super Bowl. And I hate adverts. I, I, I despise adverts. So what I'm probably going to have to do is actually watch the Super Bowl on Game Pass. Because at least that way I get to see the American adverts, which are funnier. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, I, but UK adverts are terrible. And not only that... But Sky, if you're watching it on Sky Sports, they always have a sponsor. You know, NFL brought to you by insert corporation name here. It was Subway for a long time. I know that. I forget who it was. Um, 
I don't even know if it was Subway last year. It might be someone else. But they always have these awful 15-second... I don't even know what you would... It's not an advert. But it's... it's a, Well, it is an advert. But you know what I mean? It's like 10 seconds. It's not like a full-blown advert. And it's like, Jennifer brought to you by such and such. And they've got like god-awful music. And I'm really always someone with like the most annoying accent in the world doing the voiceover. It's just awful. I think last year, was it Cinch? It might have been Cinch. Um, which is, I, I forget if it's like when you, you buy cars secondhand or, or you hire cars. I forget which one it is. But it was just awful. They had these terrible puns. And they're like, oh, you know, here's the halfback. Oh, what what a drive. Get out of here with that. If you're going to pun, do it properly. These are terrible puns. No one, no one, no one likes them. They're awful. And as I say, Someone with just an awful, really annoying accent. And of course, everyone listening to this podcast is sitting going, yeah, you've got an annoying accent as well. I probably do. I, I, in fact, I know I do. But that's not the point here. I, I hate... Do you know, when, I, when I'm when i forced to watch a Broncos game on Sky, when it's blacked out, which the last couple of years haven't been a, a problem for the, <laughs> the Broncos because we've been garbage. But, you know, we might be playing the Chiefs late in the season. There's a lot online for the Chiefs, as an example. Um, so you can't watch it on Game Pass because it's blacked out. So you have to watch it on Sky Sports. And I... At, when I'm watching a Broncos game on Sky Sports, I will literally turn off all my social media. I will pause the game for a good half hour and just ignore everything purely so I can fast forward through the adverts because I despise them that much. British adverts are the worst um, and just everything about it's terrible. And if ITV is going to be doing that, then I'm... Ugh. It's 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 terrible. It's absolutely I, I hate it. I just despise the thought of watching a Super Bowl with adverts. It's it's wrong. I haven't done it in years since the BBC have been showing Super Bowls. I've always watched it on the BBC. Now some people say they don't like um who was it, Mark Chapman. Um I had yeah. I had no issues with Mark Chapman. None whatsoever. People say, Oh well he doesn't know about the game. No, he, he didn't know an awful That's lot. That's why of you have O.C. and Jason. Exactly. And what Mark would do is he would sometimes ask the questions that perhaps people who are not familiar with the game might be wondering. And because of this, uh, it, it's better for, you know, first-time viewers. When Mark Chapman might be saying, so uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm just making up a scenario here. He might be saying, so the this... Uh, illegal forward pass Ex explain that you know what's an illegal forward pass and then OC and Jason will explain what an illegal you know illegal formation on the play what, what was so wrong about this then they'll explain what is a cover to and then they'll explain what it is and you know <laughs> I, I quite liked Mark Chapman I did I thought he was absolutely he did his job and his job wasn't to be an expert in the NFL if you want an expert on the NFL you hire an NFL expert. There are there's millions of them, you know. But they would have OC and Jason, and usually on Super Bowl they would have um, Iron Mike Carlson would be in the studio as well. And I love Mike Carlson. I watched Mike Carlson every time he was doing it when he was in Channel Five, uh, I believe, in Channel Four with um, the guy 
Murray, Nacoons. was it Colin Murray? Oh, Colin Murray, yeah. The Irish guy, and then Nat Coombs after that. Um, and I, you know, I, I loved Mark. Um, sorry, Mike Carlson's insights on the game are much more in depth than most analysts are, and quite often he'll be seeing something that you know we didn't see. And he'll be saying, oh, well, you know, in that play, what you'll notice, if you look at the, the left guard, he was actually faked the, the pull and then came back around for the for the reverse. And and it's these things you didn't notice. And that's, that's one of the reasons that, you know, a lot of people like the analysts like uh, Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth is always looking at what's not necessarily, you know, watching the ball carrier. What else is happening? That's the job of an analyst. You know, everyone can see what the ball carrier is doing. If, you, if you're watching um, Tidy Kill, you know, run past a, a, a defensive back and catch a ball and score a touchdown, everyone knows that's what's happened. But you'll get your analysts to say, well, the reason he was so wide open is because the quarterback looked off the safety and the other receiver ran the curl route which pulled the other corner this way. And that's why, that's why they have these analysts. I liked I liked Mark Chapman. Um, and I liked having Nat Coombs and... And Mike Carlson and OC and Jason, it was a chemistry that worked. Now, Mike Carlson might be on ITV this year. Fine. That's fine. But I'm still going to hate the adverts and I'll be half an hour behind everyone else because I come to the Super Bowl, I'll be pausing it. I will not sit. I will not sit through those adverts. I just, I hate it with such a passion. Um, either that or I'll, I'll watch it on Game Pass and watch the American adverts, which are usually about hemorrhoid cream and a lot funnier. Oh, well, quick, quick, sorry, sorry, Jake. Just before you continue, um, the 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 reason the hemorrhoid cream adverts are so funny is because hemorrhoids are funny. Now, if you've had hemorrhoids, you'll know how much it hurts, but it doesn't make it any less funny when someone else has got them. So the adverts are hilarious. And the thing is, the guy's always got the cream in his pocket. You know, <laughs> it's like he's always got it with him. He's out shopping. Or, you know, he's riding a horse. Oh, I've got my hemorrhoids right here in my pocket. Because his pal's got hemorrhoids. Why, is he, why are you riding a horse if you get hemorrhoids? Stop doing that. That's a really bad idea. Sorry, Jake. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm well, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. There's, there's tangents and then there's hemorrhoids. Um, but yes. the, the NFL ITV, it's a three-year partnership. Um, it's going to be hosted by the lovely Laura Woods. Um, she's fantastic when it comes to anything t- with our football or, or soccer for the Americans. She's she's great on talk sport. Um, I don't know how much you know she knows about the NFL or she's in with the NFL, but like we just spoke with Chapman, that might almost you know play into to the favor because, like you say, you've still got uh, OC and Jason. Now, the thing with ITV, I completely agree with you. It's still emotionally scarred to me uh, in 2008 when Everton were playing Liverpool in the FA Cup and in the 27th minute of extra time they took a break and we came back and Everton had scored and nobody saw the goal they, and it would they have been... did this sorry Jake I'm going to I'm going to let you finish but very quickly for anyone who's not aware of this ITV also did this during a Grand Prix they cut away for adverts and then came back and the leader had crashed out and an overtake had happened. And they're like, oh yeah, sorry, see, while we were away, this happened. Can't do that. Stop it. Sorry, Jake, carry on. Um, I've, I've lost my train of thought. You were talking about was, how Everton had uh, scored 
a goal or lost, oh, lost yeah, a goal. Yes, yeah, it was in, in the FA Cup. Was, scored a goal to take us through against our biggest rivals, and and nobody saw the goal because ITV decided to take a break. So I am not a big ITV fan. Um, I'll give them a chance. Um, they are returning to the NFL. The last time they hosted a Super Bowl, or, you know, on their on their channel was 2007, I believe. So Super Bowl 41, uh, where the Colts beat the Bears. Hmm. Um, so it's been some time. Hopefully, I, they've learned from their mistake. But I know, um, even from their darts coverage and things like that, they still just love to take random breaks during. You know, you know, someone could be going for a nine dart, and they're like, and someone in ITV for whatever reason thinks this is a great time <laughs> to go for a break. <laughs> they just must be a real fan, and and fair play to them for for British sports. They must be a real fan of being at the event, and they're like. This looks really important. Only the people at the event should see this. We'll go f- go to a break. Um, it's. I, I mean, pray that the coverage is better, but uh, I have serious doubts. I have I have doubts as well. I mean, when when I used to watch the NFL on Channel Four, and I'm talking about when it way back, before <laughs> before it was on Sky, when it was, it was the, they used to advertise it as Channel Four, the home of American football. They used to get all the players to say that. Um, they would have adverts. But they didn't have adverts every time the Americans took adverts. It's not like it is in Sky Sports now, um, which is just awful. They would they would always go back to either the studio or they'd have you know if it was the Super Bowl they'd have people inside the stadium you know watching the game. Uh, back in the the heady days of of Mick Lockhurst and Gary Imlach. Uh Gary Imlach, by the way, just uh, is God. There's no. There's absolutely no question regarding that. Gary Imlach is the greatest uh, American football presenter in the history of mankind, uh, ever. And they, they would, you know, they'd be talking. I remember, I can't remember, I think it was Super Bowl 25 when they had, uh, um, who was it, Dan Marino and Ken Stabler, I think, were the guests. And, you know, when they'd be taking a break, they'd come up to the studio and they'd be talking in the studio to Dan Marino and Ken Stabler talking about what's going on. And then, and then you know, after a while, some, I think it was Mick Lockhurst at the time, would say, um, if you're wondering why we keep coming back to the studio, he says the Americans take an awful lot of commercials because British telly didn't do that. You know, they would have, in, in a, in a, in a half-hour programme, so let's, let's say you've got a, an episode of I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a um, a program that's on ITV. Coronation? Do they still show Coronation Street? Is that still a thing? I assume so. Uh, I'm I'm guessing it is. Right. Anyway, so in, in in a half hour thing, you might have two commercial breaks in that half hour period. In American programs, they'll show adverts after the first scene. Like, like it's it's. If you've ever tried to watch uh, an American program in America, it's it it takes. In fact, see when they're condensed onto something like Netflix, you'll notice they're only twenty minutes long. These episodes, or twenty-one minutes. The other nine minutes is adverts. It's it's just it's relentless. The amount of commercials that are on. American television is unbelievable. But then, you know, they're paying hundreds of billions of dollars to the NFL. So, you know, they're getting their, their airtime. And a sport like American football is, um, 
you know, it's sort of conducive to having adverts. There's a lot of stoppages. And they've got timeouts, and you've got breaks between each of the quarters, then you've got your halftime and that. Um, so that there are a lot of adverts in it. Um, but I just... I don't know. I don't know. I, I was I was really disappointed when I saw that because I liked what they were doing on the BBC and I didn't think that there was a need to change it. But you and I both know, Jake, that ITV will have put in a much higher bid than the BBC did for the NFL programming. And there you go. Yeah, the BBC can't compete with ITV purely because of advertising. They rely on, on licensed payers' money um, and a lot of people don't like paying their TV license, so... It's a sad state of affairs, but there you are. That's we've we've we've, uh, we've now BBC have now lost the NFL to ITV, and I'm I'm I want to give it a fair shake. I, I want to give it a go. I wish I was as um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Easygoing as you, <laughs> but I'm not, and uh, I I'm going to watch it. The the very first episode, I I shall watch with a little bit of resentment. I could be proved corrected teeth. Oh yeah, well I'm just sitting there. Oh, this is not right. NFL should not be on ITV. Uh, but of course, I have to give it a shot, and it might turn out to be compelling viewing. You know, it, it really might. So um, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. But well, I mean, but I, have I just talked this entire time, Jake? Did you actually say what you thought about this? You did, didn't you? No, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said. Uh, Sorry. Like I say, I, I agree with you. I'm not I'm a huge <laughs> fan of ITV. And like I say, their adverts and their timings of the adverts are, they, they leave something to be desired. But surely. we will deal with the hands that we've been dealt, I suppose. See, surely. With a game like American football, it's, easy. Time it's easy to pick when you're doing your adverts. Even if you, if you want to go, by the way, the Americans do it, and you want to show an advert in between, you know, every uh, official's timeout and every, you know, the two-minute warning and every team timeout, if you want to do that, at least we're not missing part of the game. See, I like, I don't know if it's a thing that mainly the Americans do, but you see when, you know, they're introducing the players or, you know, there's you know, time out or whatever, sometimes they'll put an advert on like half the screen or just like on the side of the screen or at the yes. bottom of the screen. So you can still see the action. You can still see what's going on. But the advert And they get there. their advert. It's, you know, everybody wins. You get your advert. Everyone's still watching uh, yeah. because the football is still going on. You know, yeah. it's, it's a win-win to me. Those, those kind of things to me, like I watch a lot of streams and sometimes there's six ads in a row and you are forced to sit through all six. And sometimes oh. one just pops up on the left-hand side and it just, you know, disappears after 30 seconds. I'm more likely to buy that just because the, the relief that I'd have to sit through six actual ads. Oh, you know. non-skippable adverts on YouTube are the if, bane of my life. If Did I was in the marketing, I would be, you know, you know everyone hates ads. Why not try and cater it, like I say, to, to those kind of moments where you can either skip them, which obviously isn't great for marketing because they'll just skip them and not read them. Or if you put them in a place where you can still watch what you're watching, it's maybe just off to the side or just underneath and it just disappears because ultimately, like I said, you go on YouTube, you go on there for a reason, not to learn about this new um, washing machine from Curry's that's, you know, all of a sudden was four ninety nine, but originally was five ninety nine, but is now down to three ninety nine. You're thinking, yeah, but you've just raise the price to make it look like it's 100 pounds <laughs> off exactly. no, you know we all saw it three weeks ago at yeah. that price but yeah it's uh, i know and right 
I'm, you know, hats off to the, what, what I, what YouTube don't do. And this is, here's a marketing tip for you. For anyone who's, who, who doesn't use Spotify, okay? Anyone who, who you know, listens to uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Tidal, Deezer, whatever you get your music from, anyone who's not familiar with Spotify, the guys at Spotify had the best advertising campaign of all time because what they would do on Spotify was advertise Spotify Premium seemingly in between every single song and sometimes would run the advert twice in a row until they just wore you down to the point where you bought premium so you didn't have to listen to Spotify premium adverts. Plus, it Spotify Premium... Oh, it worked on me. Absolutely. And then I was telling my... my uh, I was living with my uh, nephew at the time, uh, Callum, and I was telling him about it. <laughs> and I was like, I've done it. I've bitten the bullet. I've got Spotify Premium. And he was like, are you allowed like more than one account? Uh, and I was like, yeah, on you go. There you go. And, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a game changer. Now, I'm pretty sure... In fact, I know someone who's already told me they purchased YouTube Premium. Uh, and I was like, I, I, I kind of feel a little bit aggrieved about paying for YouTube um, because it's not like something like Spotify, as an example. You're paying for art by artists that, you know, that's what you're paying for. See, when I go onto YouTube, that's not the kind of things that come up on, you know, recommended for you by YouTube. It's, that maybe says more about you, though. <laughs> right, okay, possibly. But I'm telling you, like, a lot of this stuff is recommended. I'm going to, I, I have no idea why this has been recommended. But actually, though, in seeing that, because Spotify has this thing called Discover Weekly, right? Now, yeah. I, I, I was like, Discover Weekly is, oh, things we think you might like based on your listening experience. And then I'll listen to it and go, oh, that's like, that's nonsense. I don't like any of that. And it sounds like nothing I've ever listened to. So it's just random. I don't know why they don't just call it Weekly Random. There you go. There's 20 random songs for you. Uh, but they're like, oh, no, it's tailored for you. No, it's not. It clearly uh, isn't. YouTube's the same. Oh, based on your viewing. Well, because you watched this. What, what are you I talking say, about? I, I would say YouTube got me a beauty because over the last like year or so when they've been pushing this YouTube premium, they offer you the one-month trial and you know you'll probably forget to, to you know unsubscribe in time and you end up paying for it. I, every time I got offered, you know, one month, you know, you close the app, it comes up, oh, you know, you, you missed this, you know, you could get a one month trial, dismiss, dismiss. Uh, and then one day they caught, came up to me and said, here's a three month trial. And I was like, ah, you've got me. Because <laughs> am I going to remember in October to, to, to yeah, cancel my subscription? Nah, Probably not. Nah. I'll tell you in October when I'm paying for YouTube. But currently on a three month trial, I feel like I'm winning. But deep down, I'm either going to like it so much because it's it's very handy that I keep it on, or I'll forget about my subscription. So, and how are you? These, how, these, these, yeah, how are you feeling about it? It's much easier for watching things on my phone because if I close the app or if I go onto Twitter, it, the video continues playing, which you think is a very simple thing, but normal YouTube doesn't let you do it. No, that's very. Tr I actually wasn't aware that YouTube Pro let you did that. Yes. Hmm. Oh, not that I'm, 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 it's like a pyramid scheme here. I'm, I'm recruiting. Are you on commission? 
Sorry, yeah. YouTube Premium. Yeah. Hmm. I wish I would love to be on that YouTube money. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're we're going to have to start uh, filming our podcast and putting them on YouTube. We're going to have to start doing that. Definitely. Definitely need to start doing that. Seeing as we've given them a free shout, I'm sure they'll you know, push us into people's recommended. Yes. Have you ever have you ever fallen into the watch mojo trap on YouTube? Have you ever done oh, that? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Honest trailers, watch oh, you just end up yeah, yeah. like six hours later going, How did I end up you're you like, know, why am the, I watching the two Easter eggs of Shrek two? You know, yeah. How did I end up here? And you're like, uh, why am I watching the top ten moments of Kevin Smith's acting career? <laughs> it's like, I don't even like him as an actor. Why am I why am I watching this? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Four o'clock in the morning, you're still there going, why am I still in Watch Mojo? How did this happen? The other one that gets me is a screen rant. I had the pitch meetings. They're hilarious to me. Absolutely kill me every single time. Uh, so you're getting free shout-outs here. We shouldn't be doing that. They'd be paying us. But then we'd be advertising, and I've just said how much I hate adverts. Oh, We've become what we hate. Wow. Trying to stick it to the man, and then you find out that you're the man. And not you are the man. Not in a good way. Not when you say, like, you're the man. This is like, no, you become the man. Oh, that's poor. Anyway, uh, we're talking garbage here now, Jake. So um, we we have we have we deteriorated way off. Ah, we've we miles out. I don't know. I don't even know where we were. ITV. <laughs> this is this is all ITV's fault. <laughs> like everything else, will be this year. Uh, yes. So the NFL is being shown. ITV, BBC have lost it. There you go. Yeah, the short, the short version. <laughs> you had, that was, that was it. Two lines. What else have we got, Jake? That is pretty much it. I mean, I would like to say, like you say, um, watching the preseason that the Seahawks and the Steelers game drew bigger audience than the MLB. Um, the two plays I saw from Nick Foles, uh, a horrendous interception, and then he followed it up with um, fumbling when he was sacked. So I feel better about my Taylor Heineke is the best backup of the league shout after Nick Foles yeah, does that. definitely. And Tyrod Taylor, this is the year... He's going to reverse the curse and he's not going to be the starter and get a rookie taken over. He is going to be the one taken over. He's getting some first team reps, whether it's through injury or poor play. We are going to see some Tyrod Taylor this year. I can feel it and I, I love it. I want to see some Tyrod Taylor down the stretch. Quite right. So those, those right. were my we're, things. We're, oh, yeah, we're rooting for you, Tyrod. We are. Absolutely. And Definitely. then the, the only other thing I saw was that George Pickens is a monster and he looks the real deal down in Pittsburgh. He does. I wonder how uh, so, Chase Claypool's feeling about that. His stock is going down, especially you know, fantasy league-wise. Yeah. Uh, his, you know, Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool's stock's probably going down with everyone seeing what an absolute beast uh, George Pickens is. So that, that is just a, the, any takeaways I kind of had. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. Um, not really. As I said, I, I had watched um, the, the highlights of the, uh, of the Broncos-Cowboys game. I've got to say, the, I know it was the backups. I know, I know it was. But the, uh, the Broncos defense looked really good. Really, really good. And I was just thinking, that's that's fantastic. Uh, one, one thing I did, uh, there was one piece of news that I did uh, see, was it yesterday? I think it was. Um, 
the New England Patriots have placed Malcolm Butler in injured reserve. Now, yeah. I don't know what the the details of that is, but I believe it's it's proper like season ending injured reserve. I I don't think it's like the 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 pop list. The boomerang one. Yeah, I I think he might actually be out for the season. That's a, yes, that's I'm a blow. That. That's a blow for the Patriots. A blow for the Patriots and a blow for Butler, who oh. I think was out of the league for a year or two, and this was him kind of coming back and yes, coming back to a familiar team and a team where he's loved and going down before the season even starts. That's never good. No, it's a it's it's a bit of a shame that. So um, that that was really the only the only other thing that I that I saw on that. Um, so um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, Jake, before we move on to our next segment? I have fulfilled my need for talking until, and of course, the final segment. Right. Well, what say you we then move on to that segment? I say we do. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to be in agreement there. <laughs> so it is, of course, random stats. Now, this stat is something I actually came across whilst I was watching preseason. So I thought, oh, oh, I've got a worried feeling. This might be the year. This this might be the show that we have the same stat. Oh no! <laughs> we'll see. Oh, you no. go first, and I'll cry. Um, my my stat has to do with a quarterback. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, there we are. Four. Four. Well, Just again, once one. once again to our listeners, we don't tell each other our random stats. <laughs> Uh, we have no idea what they are. Okay, so this 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 is regarding a quarterback, and it's actually a quarterback that I was um, watching play for the Denver Broncos, and he goes by the name of Josh Johnson, Joshua Javon Johnson, great name. Um, so he is quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He's vying to be this, the second stringer behind Russell Wilson. I think we can all agree Russell will probably be the starting quarterback. At, uh, season's beginning so it's between josh johnson and brett rippon for who's going to be the number two now we're not sure uh if the broncos are keeping two or three quarterbacks on the roster they've tended to carry three on their roster so hopefully you know if if uh let's say for argument's sake brett rippon wins it josh johnson will still have a job with the broncos and likewise if josh johnson wins a uh, backup role Rippon will still actually have a job. So that's that's something. But a graphic popped up when they were talking about Josh Johnson. And I sort of didn't believe the graphic. So I, I, I went onto Wikipedia and uh, Pro Football Reference to, to see how much of this uh, was actually true. Uh, Josh, Josh Johnson was drafted in the fifth round of the 2008 NFL Draft. Okay, now, if I told you that he spent the first four years of of his career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who drafted him, uh, keep in mind this was two thousand and eight, so through through to two thousand and eleven, how many teams do you think Josh Johnson has actually played for since coming out of college, two thousand and eight, drafted by the Bucks and played the first four years? In Tampa Bay, how many teams? Given, given the fact I've not really heard of him, other than in the past and on and Madden, four years that takes from 2012. So in the last ten years or nine years, how many teams? Even if you say 
one every two years. That would be another four. We'll, we'll go with eight. and No, we'll go with seven in total. Seven in total. Well, it's, it's slightly more than that. Since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so this we're now into the 2012 season. Since then, when he was playing for the San Francisco 49ers, he has actually played in three separate leagues because he played in the the AAF, which is the, I forget what that's called now. What's, what does AAF stand for? It's like American, I know, well, yeah, I know, but I don't know. Let me have, have a look, AAF, Alliance of American. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Alliance of American Football League. And uh, he played in the, the XFL as well. Since then, he has played with, and I'm going to count them here, <laughs> 21 other teams. Oh, oh. Uh, well, not 21 other teams, uh, 21 teams. He's had a couple of stints with the same team. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. repeat offender. Yeah, he's played for um, 15 NFL teams in 13 years in the NFL. Nearly half of them. And the fact that he spent his first four years on Tampa Bay is ridiculous. So, uh, Tampa Bay, he played 2008-2011. With the 49ers in 2012, he was also with the Sacramento Mountain Lions. Of the, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great um, name. Oh, that was in the United Football League in 2012. And then, I don't know how he managed this, was then with the Cleveland Browns, also in 2012. So he was actually on three teams. 2013, he spent the entirety with the Cincinnati Bengals. In that's a, good, a solid year for his, you know, for him and if he has a family. Yeah. <laughs> they stayed in one place what, for, for, for a year. In 2014, he went back to San Francisco. In 2015, he went back to Cincinnati. So he went from San Francisco, Sacramento, it's very, pretty close. In Cleveland, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cincinnati. Uh, in the same year, 2015, he then went to the New York Jets and then went to the Indianapolis Colts and then went to the Buffalo Bills. So in 2015, he was in four different teams. He's in four cities, Cincinnati, New York, or New Jersey, um, Indianapolis and Buffalo. In 2016, he played for the Ravens and the Giants. 2017, just the Texans. Nice one. Not a solid year. Yeah. Uh, 2018, the Oakland Raiders and the Washington Redacted. 2019, he played with the San Diego Fleet of the Alliance of American Football, the AAF, and the Detroit Lions. In 2020, he was with the Los Angeles Wildcats of the XFL, and then he was with the 49ers. He was still with the 49ers in 2021, and then went to the Jets, and then the Ravens. And then in the 2022 offseason, he was picked up by the Denver Broncos. A total of 22, 21 moves in his career. Um, and that is the most in NFL history. It's, it's 13 years in the NFL. He's played for 15 different teams, which is the most for a player in league history. As I'm saying he's played for. He hasn't started for all these teams, but he's been on... <laughs> Wow. But he's been on the roster. Um, we've spoken previously about um, career backups and, uh, you know, journeymen. Josh Johnson might be the greatest journeyman of all time. He's just... Well, he's doing something to stick around. Yeah. But his credit rating must be awful. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I hope he's getting, but you know, yeah, well, because you've got to pretend if, if you've stayed in your if you stayed in your your current address for less than what is it two years? Please provide years. your previous Sometimes addresses. Five, yeah. <laughs> like, I need a bigger bigger form, please. <laughs> so yeah, I hope I hope for his sake he does stay on on the team just because. His credit rating's taken a beating, but <laughs> sure. he, he's one of those players, like we said, with like Tyrod Taylor and, and these kind of players. You don't stick around in the NFL if you're a terrible teammate, or if you don't. You know, he's clearly brings something because some of those ones, I think it was the one where he said it was three teams, and he was playing in some random league, and then the Browns called him up. They would have called him up because they needed, you know, late yeah. in the season some backup. You know, he's clearly doing something right. He's clearly kind of built up a network and and will stick around so good for him you yeah, know he's not going to be starting many games hopefully no offense because uh, we all want to see russell wilson but well no of, of course not no no offense to to josh johnson there i mean he played with the bengals twice the ravens they signed him twice the ravens signed him twice the jets signed him twice the 49ers signed him three times so it's it you know he's doing something right yeah, I, I I don't know what it is. He must be he's probably doing something wrong as well because I keep letting him go. But um, he's doing something right. So yeah, that's my random start. Fifteen teams, NFL teams in thirteen years. Twenty-two teams across three leagues in total. Um, and that's uh, including the fact that his first four years were all at Tampa Bay. Uh, that's that is the story of Josh Johnson. That is my random stat. Incredible. Good for you, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> well, one of the teams that you mentioned in there had signed him twice is the team I'm focusing on for my random stats. Uh-huh. Now, there was a record. You know, we talked about preseason, so I found a preseason stat. Now, we've said, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean too much. It's a good time to see your rookies and, your, you know, what you've got on your team. But there was a record uh, in 1959 to 1962 under legendary head coach Vince Lombardi, the Green Bay Packers went 19 preseason games in a row, um, winning them. And that had stood the test of time until 2015, where the Baltimore Ravens, as of last week, are now on a winning streak of 21 games. They, they beat the Titans 23-10. as their 21st win in a row in preseason. So some teams... You know, use it as a, a good chance to, to just see rookies and, you know, may not care if they win, lose, or, you know, what record they get. Like you say, the Lions went 4 0 and then 0 16. But yeah. the Ravens have been pretty solid uh, and they've been more than that in, in the preseason 21 game streak. So it lives. Is it going to live to tell, you know, I hope it makes it to the regular season. Um, I may have just cursed them if they lose the next game. It's going <laughs> to be a bad look for me, but you'll be getting a call from um, <laughs> Har- what, John Harbaugh? Jim? John, yeah. John Har- you'll be getting a call from John Harbaugh. You'll be like, I can't believe you cursed me, Jake. Why would you do this? Well, so I will be now keeping a, a very watchful eye on the, the Ravens' next preseason game. But yes, 21 in a row. Can they make it 22? See, there you are. I mean, you know, as you said, it's Vince Lombardi's Packers. Maybe he's going, I want people to see John Harbaugh's Ravens just for preseason. <laughs> just, yeah, just I am the preseason goat. A hundred years from now, there'll be a team that's got, they've won 20 consecutive preseason games. 
That's nearly as many as John Hardball's Ravens. See? That's what he's looking for. He's, in fact, he's wanting to just keep this going for 100 years. He'll be yeah. coaching till he coaching just preseason games. <laughs> He'll be fine. But what about preseason? Can I can, I, can I come back from preseason? Can I just coach the preseason? My goodness, twenty one consecutive preseason games. Twenty one. So we shall see, and we shall report back no, if the streak lives, or if I have absolutely cursed it. I, I do you know I love a good streak. Oh, that came out wrong. What? (laughs) (laughs) Close your your windows, everyone. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We're streaking. What's that from? Old school. (laughs) Uh, Let's see if I can find the audio clip and put that in there. We're streaking! We're streaking! (laughs) Um, So, I I do, I I love when you see uh, a thing like, um, oh, just for argument's sake, you know, um, Matt Stafford is on pace to become the quickest quarterback to 50,000 yards or, or whatever, the, you know, the, the streak is. And he just, he needs this many and this many games. And that's something I will then start paying attention to Matt Stafford. Or, um, you know, like a running back, a Derek Henry, if he, if he rushes for 1,500 yards, he'd be the quickest player ever to 6,000. I don't know, I'm completely just pulling numbers out of my out of my hair here but um i i love things like that and it pops up with this i love stats i absolutely adore stats and one of the stats i love is longevity streaks of longevity so in fact there was um have you ever seen you know the nfl films does the top 10 countdowns yes yes yeah yeah you see them on um uh, game Pass, they're on, they're on YouTube, they're all over the place. Uh, we're counting down the top 10 insert thing here. One of the ones that they had was top 10 records that won't ever be broken. Yes. Years ago. I'm talking 10 years ago. They had this this one out and it said, uh, Johnny Unitas throws a touchdown pass in 47 games. Uh, and that That's was the record. That's been broken twice, well, was that, it? But back then, no one was even close to it. And then... Um, they actually re-showed it and they put in the, the correction because Drew Brees broke it uh, with the Saints. And then did, did Tom Brady not then break it? I have no idea if Tom Brady broke I feel it like not. I feel like Drew Brees broke it and then someone else broke it. And it was like, <laughs> oh, like It was one of those like, oh my God, you broke a, a record that stood for like 50 years and then it stood for like two months. You're like, ah. Yeah, I don't like that. I like, I like records that stand for a long time. It was like when Dan Marino became the first quarterback to throw for a thousand yards in a, in a uh, sorry, five, 5,000 yards in a season. I, you know, that was really good. And then I was it Drew Brees became the next person to do it, 5,000 yards in a season. And then five players did it in 2007. And I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it when they, when they do all that. When they, they 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 just shattered records that have stood for for years and years and years. I'm going to look up the the uh, touchdowns because I've actually got passing yards, passing touchdowns. I just looked for the consecutive games. One, Drew Brees is two of the top five. He did it twice. Drew Brees, he, did, he was yeah, number yeah. five. Most they did 45 consecutive games. Then there was the the Johnny Unitas one that stood the test of time. Peyton Manning impressively did it <laughs> between two teams. He never broke the streak. He started it with the Colts and finished it with the Broncos. 
Brady did with just the Patriots, and then Drew Brees sits atop with 54. 54. I wonder what the current longest streak is. Kirk Cousins is the current longest. 20, uh, 27th of September 2020 till present, he's on 30. He's on 30. Who's ahead of him? Patrick he's got, he's got a way to 31, go. but that was back but in 21, stru- so that's yeah, stopped. Broke. So Kirk Cousins, hang on, who's who's the next active one after? Oh, I my, can't nobody. see it. Yeah, he's in a league of his own, his old Kirk. Kirk Cousins. There we go. See, like now. All the guaranteed money. So, see, because of that, I'm going to be keeping an eye on Kirk Cousins this year. Yeah. I want to be one, watching. If he doesn't throw a touchdown, we're going to cry. Uh, yeah, because I, I'm going to be watching every single time he throws a touchdown. I'm like, oh, is that another one? Week one, we're checking to make sure he scores, throws a touchdown pass. So you go, Drew Brees, 54 games. But yeah, this this was a thing that was an NFL um, t- top 10 records that will never be broken. And one of them was Johnny Unitas' 47 uh, touchdown, which had stood since 1960. And Brees broke it in 2012. Brady broke it in 2013. Manning broke it in 2014, as you said. But that was obviously... Uh, with the two teams, Colts then missed, and then the Broncos. Isn't that more impressive? Peyton Manning was just ridiculous. He threw a touchdown pass in every game he played for the Broncos in his first two and a half, nearly three years, and seven in the first one. A oh, seven is that's, right, <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love. I love streaks. I love. Uh, just love long, especially long ones like that. There, there are certain records. That will likely never be broken. Um, although, I think one of the other ones was Tom Landry coaches the same team for 29 years. How long has Belichick been there? Oh, 2000? Was it 99? He's, he's getting 20, so he's, he's definitely. Is this 23? Is this his 23rd season? It's highly possible. So, it's unless. He, yeah. In his 20s. Unless he hangs it up, he'll do that. Mike Tomlin, he's been there a while over in Pittsburgh. He's been there a long time and he's got the advantage of age. No offence, Bill. We we do know you're listening. But uh, Mike Tomlin's been there for quite he, some he time. He might be in bed by now. We, we've been going a while. He, oh, actually, he might have another yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible people, Jake. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's another one that I think one that was Don Shula's wins or something like that. It was Don Shula's record of, of victories was, in, it was like 400 or something like that. It's an insane figure. An absolutely insane figure. Like 10 wins a year for 40 years. That's just stupid. I can't, I can't remember what the actual the, the the actual amount was. But it was it was ridiculous. So there you go, Jake. Um, I think we're just about at the end of our show here. Anything else that you wish to add before we say goodnight? No, I have said it all. Quite right. Uh, we've got a uh, week two of preseason coming up. Looking forward to that. Uh, again, you know, kind of looking forward. To it. It's like, oh, I just wish I wish the season was starting right now, um, but it's not. Can't wait to see Scott Hansen on on telly uh, for Red Zone. Seven hours of commercial free football. Always going to be watching that. See, Scott Hansen gets it. He gets it. He knows what we want. He knows exactly what we want. He's a good guy. So there you are. Thank you very much, Jake. I appreciate you stopping by again this this week. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. It is always a pleasure. 
And uh, thank you to you all for listening. Uh, don't forget you can hit us up on Twitter at the WinFL Show. You can also find myself and Jake on Twitter as well. Uh, anybody wants to sponsor us, knock yourselves out. Uh, and if you have any suggestions for the for the show, any comments at all, feel free to comment um, on on Twitter. You can get us. We are going to hopefully be posting, um, if not the full show, certainly segments of the shows on YouTube. Hopefully by season's beginning. We're not sure about that yet. Some technical issues we're going to have to look through before we actually do that. Um, but it'll be good to there. And we're just so glad to everyone for listening um, and being here for the ride from from uh, week one this is our this is our 24th episode i think jake i think this might be 25 uh, it's either either 24 or 25 it's ridiculous how many episodes that we've done Uh, it's really helped the off season fly in and it's been an absolute pleasure so uh thanks to everyone um, who listens to the podcast really we really appreciate you and i don't think that i don't think we can overstate that so thanks very much and we'll catch you on next week's episode of the winfl show